and good evening. Welcome to St. Andrew Lutheran Church. I hope that you've had your fill of soup, and if you have not, please join us afterwards. We also have a request from the ladies and the gentlemen that make the soup. They would like ice cream buckets and lids. So if you have any of those, please feel free to drop them off, because there are some folks that like to buy the soup, buy the bucket full, and that is a wonderful fundraiser and also very delicious. So just to note, it's them, not me, asking you to eat ice cream during Lent. (laughs) A few things for your calendars. One is actually coming up tonight after the service. There is a summer youth trip informational meeting, and that is going to be held in the youth room. So head on there if you have youth that you need to trip this summer and get some information about what's going on. Oh, you're going to put the Anukshuk up there? Yes. And if you can see, we, our Anukshuks have been added to. Be careful. Ooh, ooh. How about on the ground? There you go. Thank you. And then are, are you still making them after the service for a bit? So, yes. For, for your own home enjoyment, your very own action Anukshuk. Oh, just another reminder that you can uh, take with you. And if you need an, another explanation about it, it's a guidepost on the way. Certain native tribes have used these as markers for wilderness journeys to help people guide, be guided to where they need to go, to safe places, to food, to water, to shelter. And that is our symbol for our journey through Lent. And on the other end of Lent will be uh, Easter, and there's some boards back there for the Easter breakfast. If you want to volunteer, that's great. There's a sign-up sheet. If you want to donate something, there's a, some flowers. You take the petal, and you can uh, bring in whatever is written on that petal and help uh, support the breakfast that way. Oh, and then the other calendar thing is this Sunday after church at 1045 in the Fellowship Hall will be uh, a session of the Generosity Project an intergenerational time of learning about generosity. With that, let us continue our gathering this evening by standing as you are able and singing hymn number 319.
Our service continues on page 328 in the front of the red hymnal. We join in our responsive prayer. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy and immortal, have mercy on us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Show us your mercy, O God, and grant us your salvation. Give us the joy of your saving help again, and sustain us with your bountiful spirit. Give peace in all the world. Keep the nations under your care. And guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth. For saving health among all nations. Let not the needy be forgotten. Nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Sustain me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, hear my prayer. We join in the Merton prayer. Let us pray. My Lord God, I have no idea where I am going. I do not see the road ahead of me. Nor do I really know myself. But I believe that the desire to please you does, in fact, please you. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. Therefore, will I trust you always. I will not fear, for you are ever with me. Amen. You may be seated. Our first reading for this evening comes from the book of Esther, the fourth chapter. When Mordecai learned all that had been done, he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes, and went through the city, wailing with a loud and bitter cry. He went up to the entrance of the king's gate, for no one might enter the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. In every province, wherever the king's command and his decree came, There was great mourning among the Jews, with fasting, weeping, and lamenting. 
and most of them lay in sackcloth and ashes. When Esther's maids and her eunuchs came and told her, the queen was deeply distressed. She sent garments to clothe Mordecai, so that he might take off his sackcloth, but he would not accept them. Then Esther called for one of the king's eunuchs who had been appointed to attend her, and ordered him to go to Mordecai to learn what was happening and why. He went out to Mordecai in the open square of the city in front of the king's gate, and Mordecai told him all that had happened to him, and the exact sum of money that Haman had promised to pay into the king's treasuries for the destruction of the Jews. Mordecai also gave him a copy of the written decree issued in Susa for their destruction, that he might show it to Esther, explain it to her, and charge her to go to the king and make supplication to him, and entreat him for her people. The eunuch went and told Esther what Mordecai had said. Then Esther spoke to the eunuch and gave him a message for Mordecai, saying, All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that if a man or woman goes into the king inside the inner court without being called, there is but one law. All alike are to be put to death. Only if the king holds out the golden scepter to someone may that person live. I myself have not been called to come to the king for 30 days. When they told Mordecai what Esther had said, Mordecai had told them to reply to Esther, Do not think that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silence at such a time as this, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another quarter. But you and your father's family will perish. Who knows? Perhaps you have come to royal dignity for just such a time as this. Then Esther said in reply to Mordecai, Go, gather all the Jews to be found in Susa. Hold a fast on my behalf, and neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. I and my maids will also fast as you do. After that I will go to the king, although it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Then Mordecai went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. The word of the Lord. A second reading for this evening comes from Matthew chapter 4. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted for forty days and forty nights, and afterward he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command His angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain, and showed him all these kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So our theme for today, for this stage of our Lenten journey, is fasting. 
Now, fasting is a spiritual discipline that involves more than just skipping breakfast. It's not something that you just kind of push through your day, eating whenever, and it's not something that you do to try and slim down and maybe maintain a bit of uh, health. But fasting is a way to help show us that we are strong in ways that we don't even realize. Now, there's an image that I find very compelling, but I don't know if you will get it. But I'll explain it first, and then we'll have a little demonstration. For when you are a martial artist and are breaking a board, you need to bring all of your strength into the strike. Now, some people may have very strong arms, but if you strike with your arm, that is not your whole strength. You may have very strong legs and can jump high, but if you kick with just your leg, you do not kick with all your strength. The place where your strength lies, your physical strength, is in your core. And you have to rotate all of that in at the proper moment. Now it seems strange. It seems very odd. And it seems very simple. But it is ultimately important and necessary to remember. So... Let's get set up here. This is Carson and Chris. They have agreed to be my assistants today. And I will show you and demonstrate for you this technique of the board break. Now some of you know I do do Taekwondo, so I'm a semi-professional, and this should go well. But you have insurance, right? So if I strike with my hand here, this is just my arm muscles. But when I rotate my core in, bring back my leg, and twist the hips, I have more power than just my arm. Ready? Thank you. And that is the core of fasting. It's remembering to twist the hips, something very simple. Something you don't even think about when you think about your spiritual life. But fasting helps you remember exactly what your source of strength is, where it comes from, and how to tap into it. Now we had this story of Esther. And we often think of, the, of fasting with lament, like Mordecai did. For he had heard that the Jews were going to be slaughtered wholesale by the king. And that was bad for him because he was a Jew. And he wanted to do something about it, but he didn't know what. And he was despondent. He was despairing. And so he threw aside all food. He put on that sackcloth, that rough cloth of mourning. He covered his face in ashes to make himself look very dismal. And he sat there at the king's gate. And sometimes... We see that, and we think of that as fasting, of denying yourself, of you know, making yourself look pitiful, look horrible, to show that you are sad, to show that you are sorry, to somehow pray that God may let whatever is going on pass from you. But really, the core of fasting is what Esther did. The true fast in the story that we read today came from Esther. And she fasted to find 
that source of strength. Because she knew that she had no recourse with the king. She was just the king's wife. The only reason she had any power is because the king thought she looked pretty. And so she began her fast, not just to slim down into a dress to make herself look good and maybe convince the king to not kill her. But she was fasting to remember just where her strength is. The same way that Jesus, in the wilderness, he was fasting. 40 days and 40 nights in preparation for all of his ministry. And when he came to that point of temptation, when he came to that place where he was the weakest, not having eaten or drank anything for 40 days and 40 nights, his body barely able to move, that was when the devil came to him and tempted him. And that was also when he answered, not with words of his own, not with any wisdom that he could come up with, But everything that Jesus replied was a scripture quotation. Because when the devil came and came and and grabbed onto his first obvious need, give yourself some food, you have power, make it so. Jesus replied, we do not live by bread alone. Our life is not sustained by what we eat. We are truly sustained by every word that comes from God. Whether our stomachs are full or whether they are empty. Whether we are going through good times and going through bad times. That actually reminds me of Paul. Because there is this way to look at spiritual disciplines. And you'll find this with some folks that they will say spiritual disciplines like fasting and prayer can build you up into a super-Christian, and they will probably quote at you Philippians 4.13. I can do anything and everything through Christ who strengthens me. As if it's some kind of you know, spiritual power-up, all of these practices. What they won't tell you, and they probably don't even know it themselves, but this letter that Paul wrote to the Philippians was written behind the bars of a jail cell. And the sentiment that he was conveying to his brothers and sisters in Philippi was that no matter what you are enduring, Christ is your strength. God is your life. And you can find peace and contentment with that, regardless of how much food you have to eat or how comfortable your bed. And that is what fasting taps us into. It takes us back from those things that we think are our power and our strength, the things that we think we need. And it reminds us that all we truly need is God. Now, the second temptation that Jesus faced in the midst of his fasting was to throw himself down from the top of the temple. Because, and you know, the devil's crafty quotes scripture back at him, the Lord will bear you up and you won't even dash your foot against a stone. You got those guardian angels protecting you. And if that's true, then you can go whole hog into whatever you want to do and God will bail your butt out. But when we remember the core of our spiritual life and the core of our strength, We know that 
while God is there with us, we are not to put God to the test. And Jesus quotes the psalmist in doing this, relying upon the wisdom of others that say, yes, God will get you through, but don't be a fool. God is with you, but don't go crazy. So you can fast, and you can pull back from certain things. And maybe for some of you that's been meat this year, maybe some that's been social media. Those things that we think we need, but we're not supposed to go crazy and, you know, just drop everything and pull back completely from the world, for that's not fasting. Fasting is recognizing what things in our lives are truly important and what aren't. Because when you've been going 12 hours without food, there's certain things you just don't have time for because you don't have the energy for. Because you weren't eating. And your criteria for what you need to spend your energy on shift it. And you look at what's important. What God wants you to do. Those relationships God is asking you to nurture. And what are those things that you just don't need in your life? And then the third temptation that Christ faced in the midst of his fasting. Worship me. The devil said, bow down and worship me. And Jesus again pulled out scripture. Again, pulled out somebody else's words because he could not form his own. And in the midst of fasting, we do let our minds rest. And we do find ways to meditate and ruminate upon those wise words of Scripture. Those sayings that our ancestors in faith, our you know, mentors in faith have taught us. And we find the deep wisdom in there. And we find how... There's only one thing in all of creation, in all of existence, that is worthy of our worship. And that is the God who created us, who redeems us, and who daily sustains us. And this is the core of what Esther's fast was about. Because she knew her people's existence was on the edge of the brink. Tip a little, and all would be lost. And so she fasted to find her strength. Because she knew that no matter what she did, going into the king's presence, her her continued existence and her people's sustained lives rested not in the king's hands, but in God's. And she knew that. Through fasting. And she was bold in what she did next of entering into the king's presence. And she also knew that the king was not worthy of any kind of worship because, because he would kill her on a whim. But the God in whom she relied, the God in whom she trusted, loved her. And would go with her to that point of fear, that point of despair, and beyond. And through fasting, she remembered that. And remained centered on that. And then, 
she also learned? That she was not in any of this putting God to the test. She was not flaunting her relationship with God, but resting securely in it because she was trusting. Not foolishly, not recklessly, but soundly trusting in the God who had placed her where she needed to be for such a time as this. So that she could save her people. So that they could continue to live and continue to enjoy the blessings of God. And that, my brothers and sisters, is the core of what this discipline of fasting is. As we journey through Lent, as we journey towards Easter, we see just how important those things of God are in our lives. And how much we can let go of. And it seems so simple to say trust in God. As simple as rotating the hips through a strike to break a board. But if you don't do it, if you don't rest in that spiritual strength, trust in God, you will never break the boards of temptation that surround you. But when, through prayer and fasting, we rely on all of the strength that is ours, Then, then we will break every board. Amen. I invite you to stand as you are able and join in our hymn of the day, number 697.
Our service continues on page 330 and 331 in the front of the hymnal. The Lord be with you. Let us join together in praying the evening prayer. We give thanks to you, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have graciously protected us today. We ask you to forgive all our sins where we have done wrong and graciously to protect us tonight. Into your hands we commend ourselves, our bodies, our souls, and all that is ours. Let your holy angels be with us, so that the wicked foe may have no power over us. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Almighty God, bless us, defend us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Let us join in the doxology. Serve the Lord.